Hi, welcome to um, episode seven of Photography Chat with Merlin. Um, this episode, we are going to have uh, Danielle joining with us, also known as Girl with Too Many Cameras. And uh, let's get her in the chat here and uh, we will get things going. Hope everyone has been having a good week. Um, and yeah getting people in here. What's up, Chrissy? How's it going, Amanda? Hey, Tessa. There she is. Let's get her in the chat. All right. Here I am. Hello. Hey. Welcome to the chat. <laughs> Thank you. I love your hair. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's mainly a pain in the ass to me, so I'm glad you like it. I guess like having to maintain the is it like a what is that a bob or yeah okay so yeah it's, it's like work. It, it is work and it's so short. So whenever I go outside, it's just like the wind just like it's straight in my face. So I. That's like the biggest issue with me when I'm trying to shoot photos is that my hair is always like in my eyes when I'm outside. <laughs> how, so how do you, do you have any tricks on how to avoid that or just, it just kind of happens? Just kind of happens. I try to pull it back sometimes, but just, uh, you know, it's something you gotta live with. I guess that's a fun fact that, uh, you know, the listeners now know about your hair when you're shooting. <laughs> <laughs> All the little things we go through as women trying to take photos. That's very true. I've never really had to deal with like long <laughs> hairness. Um, I, I suppose there are some dudes out there that could struggle with that sort of issue of having like, it, it, you know, John here uh, who just joined Rolls of You, he has some very luscious hair and I could imagine that maybe oh, yeah. uh, can become a bit problematic from time to time. The weirdest hair thing I ever had was I shaved my beard off last winter and then went outside and immediately regretted my decision to do that. <laughs> Frozen face immediately. Yeah, I was just like, oh my god, I forgot like how much this actually protects and insulates me. <laughs> right. Yeah, how's your week been going? It's been going actually pretty fast, so that's nice. Um that's good. Just one more day. I got to get through tomorrow. And then I got another weekend. It's supposed to be supposedly sunny on Saturday and not below 10 degrees. So I might go out and try to do some photos on Saturday if that holds true. Nice. Well, I hope it uh, you know plays well for you. Um, right here, Brandy, a, a good pal of mine from Texas, she says, always have a hair tie on your wrist and a barrette snap to my strap. <laughs> the good move. It works when you're, it works when you have enough hair to put in the hair tie. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. You, you do have very short hair for that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. how's the week going? My, my week, it's, it's been, it's been an interesting week. So like I, um, I'm still sort of settling back into work from um, the, the car accident last year. And that's been just like a, a massive adjustment, like, you know, <clears throat> being able to use my brain again and uh, things like that. And then work has just been like wicked busy because it's like, 
we're doing our quarterly business reviews of like last year. And so it's just like business, 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 Zoom meetings. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, all sorts of fun. So I am looking forward to this coming weekend of um, not having to do any more Zooms for a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. Oh, John says here, uh, the worst is shooting rangefinders, and you don't see that your long hair is in front of your lens in the shot. <laughs> That's a really excellent point. That's a great one. And, 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 sorry, I'm going to butcher this. And Itka? Hey, babe. Yeah. You left the fridge open. Your fridge beeps when it's open? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <right now. laughs> Technology. Um, they say, what a unique idea, photos in winter. I don't know if that's sarcasm or uh, not. And then Count Snackula also says his face feels hella cold when I shave it. That's no fun. Um, yeah, so it's just been a busy week of work. I did finally drop off a couple of rolls of film that um, I shot with uh, Alexandria um, last weekend. We did a walk through Kensington Market and that's the first oh, time. Nice. Um, you know, I think both of us have like gone shooting in a while. And so managed to get two rolls done in the market, dropped them off at downtown camera this morning and um, they got the color back to me um, today and then hopefully get the black and white tomorrow. But that was kind of nice. Um, Cause I don't think with the way the weather is looking, I'm going to get out and do any shooting this weekend because I think we're going to have lots of crummy weather this weekend. Yeah. But that's okay because I've got a couple of book projects I'm working on and one that like I was hoping to have ready for pre-order this week, but um, kind of behind on right now. So hopefully I'll get that done this weekend so that I can start planning the pre-order in the coming weeks. Nice. Yeah. And what's what was that book about again? Um, that one I, I called it Quarantinaroids, and it was uh, fifty-three days of Polaroid during lockdown, because awesome. initially it was only supposed to be two weeks, and I was like, oh, this will be easy, like two weeks of Polaroid a day, that's like no problem, and I gave up at day fifty-eight, but the lockdown still continued well past when I gave up on shooting a Polaroid a day, because I was just like. God damn, like the way this lockdown's looking, buying this much Polaroid is gonna like bankrupt me. I can't keep doing it. Yeah. Um, and then I sat on the photos, like I just um I don't know, like between the car accident and like everything else, I just didn't have like the capacity to do anything with it um until now, which has been kind of fun. So I'm curious to see how the response is to that one. But um yeah, like what, what about you? Do you have any projects uh, going on? Like I know you've been very active um, with, with a few things and um, you know, I'll just leave it to you to talk about things you got going on there. Yeah, well, I'd say, well, in terms of projects, the two, in terms of photography, like the two biggest projects I have on deck is, well, we recently launched our feature page, the Film Sorority. I think we've been up for about a month and a half now. So that's really exciting. Um, and I also recently joined the team at Casual Photophile as a, uh, a writer, which is also, that was so surreal when they reached out and asked me uh, to join their team because I've, I've been reading their website for years. And so I've 
what I've been working on with for them is I try to do two articles a month. I do one, which is like a curated list of really awesome female film shooters to check out. And then every month I also will be doing an in-depth interview with a female uh, film shooter. So um, there's already the January list went up and the February interviews live and the February list should be probably going up soon too. So those are kind of the biggest projects I have on deck. Um, Don't really have in terms of actually shooting photos. I don't have too much going on. Um, I guess the one like personal project I'm working on is I've made it a goal to try to take one black and white photo every day of just like my, my just everyday life. Um, I just, I'm kind of, I, I, like have this paranoia that uh, I don't take enough photos of like my real life moments and I'm going to be like 60 one day and look back and realize I don't have any actual documents. <laughs> I never documented my actual life. So um, I'm just trying to take like a black and white photo every day, whether it's us cooking dinner or my cat being super cute. Um, so that's kind of like the photo project I've been working on lately. That's a really cool idea. Yeah, I I was a little bit worried when I first started it at the start of February. I thought, oh, am I really going to be able to take a photo every day? And I've actually, I'm like ahead of schedule. I've had some days where I take like three and four <laughs> shots a day of just uh, our our life. So um, it's, it's turning out a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. So do you have like a, a camera that you dedicate to that or are you just, um... oh, nice. Yeah, I actually, well, it's conveniently right in front of me. I have my... Is that an AE1 or an A1? A1, Mm mm-hmm. So I have that right now. It's loaded up with a roll of Tri-X, which I'm shooting at 800. Um, So, yeah, that's that's kind of like the dedicated camera and roll of film that I'm using for that project right now. So you can continue to just do Tri-X with that specific camera, or are you going to experiment with different black and whites over time? I, you know, that's a good question. I um, I think I definitely want to switch cameras up. I, I love my A1, but I obviously I have so many names, so many uh, cameras per my name. Um, so I think it would be nice to switch up the cameras. I don't have too many different black and white stocks, though, so I might just stick with Tri-X, maybe something else, maybe, but... You know, I'd want it to be something that I can easily shoot indoors, so at least 400 speed or something that can be pushed, you know. Have you tried Eastman Double X yet? I have not. I, if you like shooting black and white, you should definitely try shooting a roll of Eastman Double X sometime. It's 250 rated. Um, I've never tried pushing it or anything, um, but I've had no problem shooting it indoors with like a fast lens. Um, so like I usually shoot it with like a 1.4 lens wide open indoors and like it's given me some of my most favorite black and white photos I've gotten off of uh, Eastman Duplex. Um, it's a cinematic film. Mm. So um, it, it's just it's very, very just crisp and like it just gorgeous. Uh, DS Manning says XX at 400 is fire. So yeah, you can definitely try it there. Um, so Film Photography Project has it. You can get it from them in 24 rolls, and Cinestill does it in 36 rolls. 
Nice. I might have to um, look that up then because that sounds, I mean, I love Kodak, so I'm assuming it must be Kodak then if it's called Eastman double X. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. it's, it's like the Kodak cinema films. Okay. Well, that makes sense then why Cine still does it. Yeah. 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 I, I was, I was bugging because on, on uh, Clubhouse, I don't know if you've uh, you know jumped on playing with that thing yet. Um, we talked with a few, a couple of Cinestill guys there uh, on a few nights and was like, when are you guys going to make four by five of double X? Because like they've gotten to a point now in their production, they're no longer buying pre-made stuff from Kodak. They're buying like the big raw roll. Oh, wow. Yeah. So if they wanted to, they could do four by five and they've teased it of doing four by five Cinestill 800T and um, 50D, which would be just like mine i would love to play with some of that stuff like i i like those stocks a lot so um yeah sorry to get off on a tangent there oh no that's cool so do you have a four by five camera i do it's my favorite camera to shoot with most of the time um his name is rufus <laughs> that's so, awesome <laughs> so the cameras that i i plan on keeping that i'll never give up um i i give them names and so, like, my 4x5, which is a Wista 4x5, he's Rufus. And then my main 35mm, this guy, the Nikon F5, uh, this is uh, Woodrow. Oh, that's awesome. Named after Woody Guthrie, and that's why I've got, like, this thing in here that says this machine stops time is sort of, like, my uh, my tribute to Woody Guthrie. I was actually just... Uh, uh... Brandy, who is on our chat here, I was actually just chat chatting with her the other night about naming cameras, and um, I know she she does so as well. And I, when I first started shooting, I, I tried to name cameras, and there's a few cameras who I will still like think of with by their names. Like my very first camera was my Canon AE one, and I affectionately named it Cora the Canon. Um, I love that. And <laughs> my parents uh, gave me their Minolta uh, 7000, Maxim 7000 on a long-term loan. So I named that Mini the Minolta. Um, <laughs> but then I just started accumulating so many cameras at such a quick speed that I just couldn't keep, keep up with naming them. So I find, well, now I have like 40 cameras. So that would be a little bit insane to try to keep 40 names straight. So, but. You have 40 cameras right now? Mm-hmm. Holy shit. <laughs> so are like are they mostly like you know 35s or like lots of different formats or like what do you got? Yeah, I'd say a lot of 35 millimeter. Um I have a good chunk of the A series. I have the Canon AE1, the AE1 program, which I both just randomly found them at thrift stores for under ten dollars. So it was what? like what why not? <laughs> Oh like... Hipsters would like give up their firstborns for those now almost. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, most of my cameras I'd say come from the thrift store. Um, I also obviously the A1 that I just showed you that was a birthday gift. Um, a couple of Nikons, more like later, uh, like the classic fantastic Nikons from the 90s that I got at thrift stores. A um, couple Minolta's. I do have, I've been kind of slowly upping my number of medium format too, because now I have three TLRs, 
I have my Bronica ETR, mm. and then I have a couple of medium format folders, and then I got kind of like a crap ton of box cameras too. So, what kind of TLRs do you got? So I have a uh, my very first TLR, which was the third camera I ever got. What is a Yashica D, and that I completely got lucky. I, I had my AE one and the Minolta uh, Maxim seven thousand. I had been shooting them for maybe about nine months. And I just, you know, had really fallen in love with film and I wanted something, I wanted another camera and I wanted to do something outside of 35 millimeters. So I thought, let, let, why not take the jump to medium format? And I thought like on a whim, I'll just search if anybody in my neighborhood or my area on Facebook is selling any medium formats. And there was a person who lives like right in my neighborhood selling a Yashica D for like 70 bucks. <laughs> so I, I, I hit him up on that um, deal. And then I also like lucked out and got a Yashica mat, um, Yashica mat LM on eBay for $30. Um, the person was selling it like condition unknown. They had no idea if it worked. And I just thought, why, I mean, 30 bucks, why not take a chance? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, that lucked out on that one too. And then recently I got my third one, which is a Rico Diacord, which is a little bit more of a unknown one. Actually, let me go just go grab it. It's like really sure. And if, if y'all have any questions in, in the you know audience there, feel free to, you know, pop in and ask questions and, you know, like the chats to be interactive. So this is the Rico Diacord that I... Well, so it's a beauty. Um, it, another like lucky uh, somebody on Facebook Marketplace was selling a lot of old cameras, and most of them were like box cameras and just kind of uh, nothing of like real value. But I noticed that this was buried in the box, like in the photo, and I was like, "Ooh, that could be something." And it was fifty bucks, so I thought, "Why not take a chance?" Again, the person had like no clue about cameras or what worked, and. Uh, got home with this Rico and it works perfectly. Like the shutter speeds are all accurate. Everything works great. Um, so yeah, and it's, it's kind of, from what I can tell, it's kind of like a copy or a clone of like an autocord, like a Minolta autocord. Okay. So yeah, so that's my third TLR that I have. Um, Olive Ross asked, do you do self or lab development? Do I, oh, self or lab develop? Okay, so I go to the lab. Um, I, there's a local camera store here who develops for pretty reasonable prices. So I go to them. I did have like a brief fling with trying to develop my own film and I just absolutely hated it. Oh, you it. froze. Sorry, you froze there when you're telling the story about it. Oh, okay. Well, I go to, there's a camera store in my town that does developing. So I, I typically take my stuff to them, but um like probably last year around this time it was like last february march i decided to try self-developing and i discovered that i absolutely hate it <laughs> <laughs> i like i i just couldn't get any consistency like from roll to roll each roll was turning out different and i i, I developed like 20 plus rolls of film and just like nothing was getting better and i just I just hated everything about it. I'm just, I don't know, too much of a like high strung person to like developing. I, I kind of just panic the whole time that I'm screwing everything up. And then, so, you know, I'd rather just go to the lab. 
I, I kind of feel the same way because like I've developed some black and white and I like doing it like it, it's a fun process and, and whatnot sometimes I haven't tried color yet um, some people say it's easier but I, I don't like the whole idea of like temperature regulation and stuff that just in my mind seems like a lot of work but what I hate the most is scanning like that's what like the lab that I use here in Toronto I am so spoiled by them because I literally like just drop off my film and give them money. And then a day or two later, I get a text message with my pictures and they're scanned beautifully. And then I go pick up my negatives. And if they're black and whites, I can use them with my enlarger to make prints and stuff. But like they do all the work and I just give them money. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm helping the film community because I'm giving them money and I'm supporting them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, um, I know somebody, it looks like Paul Penna just asked if it was all color or black and white, or I don't know if that was to me, but if that was to me, um, I, it was color that I was trying to develop. So um, I actually, I'm going to give black and white developing a try. I actually have like chemicals, they're already ordered, they're like being shipped. So I'm going to give that one a go, but I don't think I'm ever going to go back to color developing. And kind of opposite to you Marilyn though I love scanning like that's it's such a zen process for me (laughs) so that's I like it's so easy for me to just go to the lab pay like the five bucks a roll to just get develop only and I just I love scanning I I scan with view scan and then I convert with negative lab pro and I just like I love seeing it like come to life on my computer and it's I don't know I just love it I, I I like the process of scanning all my photos and seeing what they look like and and all of that yeah yeah brandy says too poor to get professional scans regularly has to do it myself um yeah and then someone said uh, embracing hypocrisy says um, their problem with self-dubbing color is getting the color cast right when scanning um yeah where is it here <laughs> yesterday's lens today i'm too lazy and busy to develop <laughs> I can feel that. I totally understand that. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, and Alan from the Leica store in Boston is joining. What's up, Alan? Good to see you, man. Uh, Sailor Jury says, any other art mediums that you enjoy or also do yourself, such as music, painting, etc.? Um, That's actually kind of an interesting question. I actually started my career in music. I got uh, a bachelor and a master's degree in music. Um and then after working in the music world for a couple of years, I just realized I, I hated <laughs> working in the music world. So I, I have a completely different day job now. Um, but I also, beyond photography and music, I, I really love um, drawing and painting. I actually am a little bit of an illustrator. I'm actually working on illustrating a book right now. So that's another artistic uh, love of mine. That sounds yeah. I remember you mentioning that when we were when we were chatting. That sounds really awesome. Yeah. I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing more of that. Um, Paul also mentions Kyle McDougal and Nick Carver have some great tutorials on scanning. They do. Yeah, I really like um, Kyle's. I've watched his before, and that was kind of what sold me on Negative Lab Pro was his videos. Which I think answers uh, T Spur's question here. Do you prefer Negative Lab Pro or Silverfast thirty five millimeter or medium format? I just first want to say hi, Taylor. I love Taylor so much. <laughs> I'm so happy she's here. Um, I prefer, I actually started my scanning with Silverfast. 
Okay. Um, but I've recently transitioned to Negative Lab Pro. I think I just like the color profiles better that it gives. Um, I feel like I get more consistent colors with Negative Lab Pro. So that's um, kind of what I've been jiving on recently. Um, and then in terms of 35 versus, <laughs> hey, baby. <laughs> um, in terms of um, 35 versus medium, I... You know, I feel like when I first started, I was super into 35 millimeter, but now I'm really more into medium format. Just, I feel like often what happens is I'll, I'll start a roll of 35, like 36 shots of 35 and I'll get halfway through it and then just like lose steam. And then I'm just taking like throwaway shots to just try to get through the roll. Um, so like my Bronica, I love my Bronica that I can get 15 shots on that because it's six by four, five and that's kind of like the perfect number for me, 15 shots on a roll. So that's my jam right now. And it's cool that you're part of the Bronica tribe. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I've got the, the SQAI. Um, I want that. <laughs> it's a beautiful camera. Um, it has a weird story behind it, but um, I just, I haven't been able to embrace 645 yet. Um, I just, I like the square. There's just something cool about it. Um, also one thing too, with the TLRs that, that you can maybe try, it might work on yours, um, with uh, like the same way that I did on mine. I've got a uh, Mamiya C33 mm -hmm. and I shot 35 millimeter in it just by putting the 35 millimeter canister in the bottom. Cause it just sort of cradles it perfectly in the bottom. Oh, nice. Then just spooled it up top. You have to remove the film in a dark bag because like once you get to the end, you, you can't spool it back. Mm -hmm. But it was really cool shooting, um, like the full, the full width. Like I self-developed that stuff so you could get like the the outside and everything. Um, but it was like really cool to just see, um, like the sprocket holes like filled in and everything. And you know that could be something fun to try with your TLRs. Yeah, definitely. That's a good point. I've I have seen that you can get those like adapters. Like yeah, so with the TLRs, yeah. you don't necessarily need the adapters because oh. it just it holds the canister in there oh. in the bottom, and then you just put it into, like, you just take a regular 120 uh, spool, and you don't have to do the spooling in a dark bag. You can do that in daylight um, and then just, you know, take your, your shots with it, and it was a lot of fun. You just, it was a bit of guessing, too, because you're just sort of like, okay, I'm, like, I think it's dead center so like hopefully it's like right and it hasn't shifted inside like if you're worried about shifting that's where the adapters will like keep it perfect mm -hmm. but I didn't have much shifting with mine and that pro tip came from Armand at the Den camera exchange he's like uh fuck getting those adapters he's like just throw it in the camera it'll work and it totally did nice yeah, I think I might have to give that a go because I've seen people doing that. And I think that's the my biggest fear, though, like exactly what you said is that I'm worried that like, how will I know if my image is within <laughs> where the film is in the camera? So I don't I don't know if maybe there's like a way I could make a janky like homemade mask for the viewfinder <laughs> to help with that, maybe. Yeah, just experiment with it. I mean, that's the thing that's fun with these cameras is like, since they're all manual and whatnot, you can kind of just do whatever you want with them. Um, I mean, it sounds like the next level for you at some point is you, you're going to end up getting a four by five. I can already picture it. Uh, yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I really honestly like that would be the dream. Um, 
the only thing that holds me back from that is one, I don't know how I would shoot color in it because my lab doesn't develop anything bigger than medium format. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't, and I've, I've already sworn an oath to never develop C41 again myself. <laughs> I don't know how I would shoot four by five C41, but if my, the, the go I'm going to have at black and white developing, if that proves fruitful, maybe I, maybe I could do four by five and just stick to black and white. Well, if you end up doing four by five, both for black and white and color, um, yes, yeah, Sarah says four by five is where it's at. Cause she, she's like a warrior with a large format camera. <laughs> if you don't follow Sarah Jean Anker, uh, check out her work. Her work is, is absolutely gorgeous. Um, she does large format work and uh, a lot of Polaroid work. Um, she's super talented and awesome. But um, just a quick shout out to a couple of mail-in labs where, you know, down in the States there, if you want to get into four by five, Underdog Film Labs in San Francisco, Oakland, sorry. You know, if Brian's listening to this later, I'm sorry for saying San Francisco, Brian. Uh, Underdog Film Lab in Oakland uh, processes four by five color in black and oh. white. Um, and they do mail order. Um, you can like, you know, follow them or follow Brian Brooks and send him a DM if you ever have any questions. Brian's like super cool to chat with. Um, or the Darkroom Lab in um, San Clemente. Um, they do, I think, up to 8x10. And oh, wow. Also like super awesome. And Phil was my guest a couple episodes and uh, he's one of the co-owners of the Darkroom Lab. Oh, and, awesome. Um, do everything with Dip Dunk there. And uh, it's, it's pretty cool. So if, if you wanted to get into, oh, and, and Alan's plugging another lab here. So Indie Film Lab in Montgomery, Alabama also does four by five. Oh, and Northeast Photographic Analog John is saying. Well, that's okay. good to know. So there's some labs for you to, to <laughs> shoot uh, four by five colors. So you have no excuse now. You guys are a bad influence. <laughs> <laughs> Someone in there said that uh, she already has too many cameras and, I don't think that's fair. I mean, there can, there's never enough. That's true. I was talking, I don't remember who I was chatting with recently about large format. And I was saying really at this point, I think the most it's cost prohibitive for me because large format cameras are so expensive. And then this person's like, yeah, but you know, you can find some that are like two to 300 bucks on eBay. And then I started looking and damn it, they're right. And <laughs> I'm not, now I feel like I have really no excuse to not. Well, and you can get away with it sometimes too. Like I recently just sold a um, a super, um, a crown super graphic to a guy for about like 200 US, something like that. Like mm -hmm. I, I gave him like a wicked good price on it because I wasn't using it. And I knew that like, I hate selling things online for the most part. People haggle me on stuff, but I knew this was going to go to a good home. So I just gave them like a fire sale price on it. And you can often find that like there's, there's people that won't like be ridiculous about um, their camera, but then there's like some people out there where it's like super ridiculous. Yeah. And it also depends on the cameras you're looking at. Like you're going to pay more for like a Linhoff or um, uh, um, a Technica or um wista toyo like those ones are going to be like way more and then like deerdorf gets into like astronomical kinds of levels but um one that's like and you can buy them new um 
I've seen new, they're fairly reasonable, but even used, you can find them like very, very reasonable. Uh, Intrepid makes a nice four by five. Yeah. yeah. I've been looking at those Intrepids because I think you can also do um, tintypes on them. Yeah, that's what I was reading on their website. And that also is like a long shot dream of mine is to do tintypes someday. Well, if you want to do tintypes, I would highly recommend when it's safe to travel again, um, getting in contact with a dude in Chicago named Doug Hansen. And uh, Doug teaches tintype. And for a little bit of money, he will run you through the most intense 10 hours you've ever been through and show you how to shoot tintype. And his method is... He shows you how to make the chemicals. He shows you how to make the plates. And then you just shoot until you get it right. Wow. Yeah. That's and, actually, and Chicago's not too far from me. I'm in Milwaukee, so. Yeah, so um, I'll send you his profile after, and you can give him a follow. But, like, he's he's a super cool dude. His prices were reasonable for the class. And, like, I was planning on going to Chicago for um, learning how to do tintype before the world ended, which was <laughs> disappointing. Um, yeah, I, I too also would love to learn uh, tintype because like, you know, I have a couple friends that shoot beautiful tintypes. Um, Brian in Chicago, um, Theory of Brian on Instagram, he has beautiful tintypes and um, Doug was his teacher also. And oh, nice. Yeah, so it's, yeah, to, the thing that's cool with 4x5s is you can shoot basically anything in them if you want to. Like, your imagination is the limit with those cameras for the most part. Yeah. And I just like the depth of field you can get on those cameras is insane. It's yeah. like I've seen so many gorgeous portraits where like you just you just don't get that the look that you get on large format, you just don't get that on other cameras. You don't like my favorite picture of me that's ever been taken was off of a Graflex and Dave Rollins, uh, Synodar, uh, he shot it. And it's just, like, it, it, I think it might still be my profile in, uh, on Instagram, but it's just one of my favorite photos of me ever. And like, you know, it's just because of that like beautiful depth of field in it. And just like, I think he shot that with an Aeroectar too. And um, you know, th those Aeroectar lenses are, there's something else, but those are like Boku bucks to, to pick up one of those. Yeah. Um, but even like the character that you get from the different large format stuff is really interesting too, because, you know, you have access to a lot of really old stuff with, with those. And um, like one of my favorite photo books uh, was, uh, or is uh, Jason Lee's A Plain View, which was like his road trips through Texas. And he shot all of that with an old, um, Ektar lens that was like scratched up and sort of like blemished and stuff because it just gave everything this sort of like soft uh, sort of temperate look to to the pictures um, and I so I like playing with old lenses too with with the four by fives because of like that sort of experience you get with it which is cool mm -hmm. um, the film fellow has a question for you have you made any zines and who inspires you photographically at the moment so I have not made any zines. I haven't sold any prints. Um, I have gotten prints like for myself personally, because I think it's nice to like see your work physically printed. Um, but I, I haven't done that mainly because I just, 
I don't even know where to begin with that. Like, I, I don't know how I would put a zine together or how I would get it printed or how I would even sell it, how I would ship it to people. That There's, like, so many um, logistics with that that I just – I don't even know where to start. Um, so if anybody has tidbits or, like, a quick – a nice quick guide on how to do that, you can send it my way. That might be helpful. Um, I will say Casual Science, um, Charlie, uh, they have a, a – like a publishing house called themselves press, I think. And um, I, I tripped across that the other day and that kind of was like motivating me to want to get a zine printed because I think it would be so awesome to work with Charlie and do something with, you know, a fellow female shooter, um, go, go through them. So maybe if somebody can help me with logistics, <laughs> that might be fun. Uh, and then, Oh, who inspires me photographically? Oh boy there are so many people. Um, it's mainly people I follow on Instagram. I would say, um, there's so many kick-ass ladies that I just, I, even if their work isn't stylistically like mine, their work is just so beautiful that I just find it inspiring and wanting me to continue picking up my camera. Uh, like, man, there's so many, but like just trying to think off the top of my head, like Nastasia Ellis, like her portraits are just gorgeous. Same with Cole, the photographer, um, Kelly and Bob. Oh, I love her stuff. Nicole Small. Oh my God. Their work is so incredible. Um, Bionomi, they have amazing work too. Um, the, I, I could go on and on, but those are just some quick names of some people who inspire me. That's all. Thank you for sharing those. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say from, for the book thing, um, I've, I've talked to other people about this on, on Instagram and, and on Clubhouse, um, for making zines one thing that works really well is blurb and um the thing that's cool with it is they have the soft you can download software from them it's called bookwrite and it allows you to do the layout to upload into blurb to to get it printed or if you have uh, adobe indesign as part of like a creative suite subscription if you have that through adobe they have an actual plugin that plugs into indesign so that you can get the template layouts and everything to build a book on there and if you do a trade uh, trade paper book, um, they can be very cost effective doing the trade paper books. The only caveat with that is um, it's portrait style only, and the sizes are uh, five by seven, six by nine, and eight by ten that you could do um, with that. And uh, you know the the pricing is is fairly inexpensive to do a trade book with it. And if you're worried about the logistics side of things, you can just do print on demand with Blurb as well, too. So oh, that's nice. Publish, yeah, so when you publish the book into Blurb, you can just send people to the Blurb page for your book, and they can just download, like, they can uh, purchase it through there, and Blurb will just mail it to them. Oh, if, that's super If you nice. don't want to worry about the logistics. Um, when I've done Blurb books, I'll typically do, like, an initial run of them, uh, so that, like, you know, I, like, sign them and like you know include a print and things like that and then I'll do um the shipping myself but when I did my first book that was a lot of work because it was like a lot of shipping labels and like you know getting it all together to to take it to the post office and stuff and I didn't really mind it necessarily but um if, if that's not something that um sounds appealing to you um you can just have blurb do all that for you so literally all you have to do is put it together um in um the software and then upload it as a project and people can also download it as a pdf if they don't want to buy like a, a hardcover version of it 
Um, so like that could be a, an, an easy way for you to you know explore the zine world. Yeah, that's actually that's pro exactly what I would want. Because um, I just don't think I have the time to like create a website, get all the zines, I have to be shipping them out, figuring out how to collect payment. I just I don't have the time for that. So I feel like blurb that like something that can just ship on demand that just sounds like exactly what I would need. Yeah. And then like you can, you, you set the price. So there's like whatever it costs you per unit and then you can adjust the price so that like, if you wanted to make a bit of money on it, so you could fund future projects kind of thing. Um, and then you just attach your PayPal account to it and they just deposit that money. Oh, in your nice. Yeah. That's super easy. <clears throat> It's a super slick setup and I've been really happy with like the print quality that, that I've gotten out of them. Um, I've done trade books and uh, photo books with them. And I personally like the look of the trade book more because um, I just liked how it printed on the paper more than it did on the photo paper, which was like, it was supposed to be matte, but it came out like a tiny bit kind of semi-gloss and that always just sort of annoyed me a bit. But if you like semi-gloss, then the photo books would work well for you, but the trade books are like on the money for something that's affordable and uh, easy to get out there. Awesome. Yeah. That's a really great tip. No problem. You know, it'd be fun to see you make some stuff. And then you had a couple of people here mention that um, Chicago would be fun. Um, Alan says, interested in going to Chicago to learn tintype field trip question mark. And mm -hmm. Same thing with yesterday lens today. Chicago would be an interesting place, even just to photograph. Yeah, I really, I definitely agree with yesterday lens today. Well, and with the other comment about the field trip for the tin types, that would be fun too. Um, living Milwaukee kind of feels like a mini Chicago. Like we're, we are just north of Chicago. It's like a two hour drive. And it kind of just feels like if you took Chicago and shrank it down a bunch, um, and I actually I have some friends who live in Chicago, so it's actually been on my to-do list to just take like a trip down to Chicago and just walk all around the city and just photograph the heck out of it. So that's that's definitely something I've been wanting to do. It's a cool spot. I, I've been able to go a couple of times. It, it's a bit of a longer drive for me. I think it was like 11 hours from oh. uh, Toronto to, to Chicago and... Uh, the last time I did it, when I drove down, I did it in one day, <laughs> and that was a <laughs> that was a poor life choice because my body reminded me it's like, dude, you are not young enough for this kind of shit anymore, man. <laughs> so I took two days to drive home. Um, yeah, that that was a little bit rough. Um, thank you for joining, Chris. Um, it, it was cool seeing you on here. Um, they're just bowing out there. And Alan says that he's got a few friends in Chicago. Um, and one of them's a camera nerd too. Nice. I also just want to say goodnight to Chris. I'm so happy she joined us. <laughs> she's great. Yeah, so it's just I, I did want to ask you too, like, um, or well just say that like, you know, it, it's really cool um what you've started with um the, the Women's Film Wednesday thing because um it is an unfortunate thing that you know, Instagram for the most part is fairly male dominated, especially um with the like, you know, reposting pages that are out there. Um it's that's something that like I'm part of uh the Northern Film Collective, which is um a uh Canadian 
type of like film focus because mm-hmm. you saw that like most of the reposting sites were all like heavily American and there wasn't really anything for for Canada out there. So we started that and Northern Film Collective was like, you know, founded by uh, Becca Shoots Film. Um, so she always wanted to make sure that there was also female focus on that too. So that was always something that we um, we've been cognizant of in our own group. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's cool that you you st- well not cool but necessary that you've started this thing to try and shift people's minds because there's lots of great female photographers out there that are being missed. So, um, so you know, just give you the the stage to maybe talk a bit about that. Yeah, I mean um, that. The women uh, with Film Wednesday that came about, oh goodness, I've been probably doing that for almost two months now, because I think I came up with that back in December, and it was born out of, you know, exactly what you're talking about, my frustration with the fact that uh, the photographers that tend to get promoted, either on the feature pages or just in online discussions, like, heavily tend to be male and white cis male at that, um, and there's just so much lack of representation of of women and just diversity um, in this community at times. And so I I went on a little rant in my stories back in December, um, kind of just airing out my grievances about like as a woman in this community, just like how disheartening that gets to constantly just never see women um, or very, very rarely see women being recognized in, in the community. It makes you feel like you're a little bit of an invisible entity. Um, and I started shouting out a bunch of women, and I was so surprised at how many people responded positively to it. And so my, my real hope with the Women with Film Wednesday is to keep this a part of the regular conversation, that this is something that needs to change. Um, uh, and I, I think I've, I've been so touched at how many people are participating in it. And every week that was like, exactly my hope was that other people would join in and they would be doing their own women with film Wednesday stories and posts. And I'm so excited that people are, I would just say like, let's not get complacent. Like we're doing this because we're trying to get other people to realize that they need to be recognizing women more and that people who are in positions of power and what I mean by that positions of power, really the people who are decision makers. So the people who are running the feature accounts and choosing who gets featured, people who are running, you know, like the business accounts for the big um, film businesses, you know, they're the ones who are making the decisions on who are getting featured. And, you know, the point of Women with Film Wednesday is to keep us talking about this. So hopefully other people will catch on and they will start realizing that they need to do more to um, help female representation in this community. That's fantastic. <laughs> Agree, not only me, but like everyone in in the chat here, is like you know thousand percent like hearts absolutely preach, um, and it it needs to happen. Like I mean, there there's too many dudes with camera running amok right now, and I've even noticed that on Clubhouse when you like pop in a lot of photography rooms, it's just like dudes giving advice that may or may not be super solid uh, or at at all relevant to female photographers um so it, it's good that like a movement like this is being created to bring mm-hmm. prominence to this because like yeah we, we need a massive shift yeah and um so how did film sorority come about so that really um that was kind of 
kind of like the brainchild of crispy photo um she reached out to me so it was right after kind of all the craziness of my stories exploding and me first starting women with film wednesday um chris reached out to me and she said that she had been wanting to launch a feature page um that was focused uh solely on representing representing uh photographers who identify as female and she asked if i wanted to be a part of it and at first i was a little um scared <laughs> just because that sounds like such a big undertaking and um just there was already a lot on my plate and so i told her i need to think about it a bit but then the more I thought about it and the more I started like brainstorming potential names and ideas for the page, the more just like my fear just melted away and I just got really excited. Um, so we joined forces. We came up with the name, the film sorority, and then we brought um, Anomi in as well because we really wanted a third person in there helping us run the page. And we just love their work. Anomi, um, if, if people don't know by Anomi, you got to go check them out. Um, they've got beautiful work. And so we thought they would, be a nice addition um, to helping curate and pick out um, really great content. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, one thing I was kind of curious with with the film sorority, um, if, if you guys, if if y'all maybe have an idea to do this at some point, um, one of the things that that Beck had an idea of with um, the Northern Film Collective was doing like a yearly annual kind of thing. And so we just did the pre-order for that and we're waiting for the first shipment in, but um, she's calling it like volume one of the Northern Film Collective. And we showcased, I think it was like 60, 60 some photographers from all over Canada have at least one, sometimes more pictures inside of this, like, this book that uh, we're hoping to make like a, a yearly edition kind of thing. Um, have you guys thought about doing any projects like that to like showcase women especially with like the theme of like the film sorority you do like a yearbook style thing yeah oh that's such a great idea <laughs> um well we've talked very broadly of of i of ways that we can uh projects we can do that's outside of just you know the feature page um we haven't necessarily talked specifically of like a yearly project we i think in one or two conversations we kind of floated the idea of maybe some sort of a zine or something at some point based on how successful we are, you know, maybe getting merch at some point, maybe doing some sort of like, not to like steal your idea, Merlin, but <laughs> maybe doing some sort of like a live, you know, video series we could do at some point. No, by all means, <laughs> don't. Like, it, it's, not, it's not my idea, steal it, like run with it. The, the more you can connect and like, if I can help share any of my experience that, that I've had with, um, whatever it is I'm doing right now, because I still have no idea what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm more than happy to share because, um, you know, this has been evolving on its own too. Like it started as just Instagram and then I started uploading the uh, videos onto YouTube and now I've been uploading the audio onto podcasts so that more people can have access to it. Cause like, I'd like this to be accessible to people more than just being able to jump on the live kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, if, if, if that's an idea that y'all want to chase, I'm happy to help as much as I can. Oh, with that. oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, so we've talked about just a lot of different like broad ideas. I don't think we've really narrowed down on what we would really want to do next. I think right now we're just trying to focus on keeping the page growing and just being consistent with our features and um, going from there. Awesome. 
Embracing yeah. hypocrisy says God, yes, female led lecture pa or feature pages can be challenging, but create a great space for elevating less known women photographers. And Alan mentions incredible women behind the lens he's met through Leica have been Eva Woolridge, EJ Camp, Stella Johnson, Laritza Men. Uh, I'm going to butcher that. Menjavar? Uh, Maggie Steber, Lynn Johnson, and Deborah Anderson. Sorry for bitch, uh, butchering the, the one name there. Oh, man. <laughs> I think you did a good job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, that's awesome. <clears throat> more, more female photographers to check out. Exactly. Yeah, and I will say kind of um, an idea that was shared with me today that I, I, I kind of really like. Um, and now I'm going to, I'm so sorry. I, I talk with so many people and I, I tend to uh, get people mixed up. I think it was Tracking Shadows who shared this idea with me. I, I feel pretty certain if it's not, I'm so sorry. Um, they had this idea of maybe creating some sort of like a public pledge that we should try to get future pages to agree to saying that, um, I, I pledged to feature like X percentage of women on this account um, because it really, it is, it's kind of appalling when, when you go through the numbers, I've gone through a number of big pages and done some quick math and it's so often like 75% are men or even more. There was like one page I, I did math on and it was like 97% of their posts were guys. Um, mm. and I, I, I do worry that like just talking about it on like social media is only going to do so much and like actually trying to hold like feet to the fire a little bit and actually pressuring maybe some of these accounts to actually like sign a pledge and like put your name on this and say that you're going to, you know, help with this, uh, help fight this issue of lack of female representation. So um, that's, that's maybe something we might, I mean, not the film sorority, I'm something I might do at some point. Um, so if people, if people have ideas about that or want to help out, reach out. Cause I think that might be fun. I, I'd ha be happy to help with that. And, uh, you know, I hope in your adventure and journey with that, you don't run into too many incel bros. <laughs> I, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I've noticed that there is a been a little bit of that with um some of the dude with cameras I've met where I'm just like you seem like you might also be an incel not only a photographer <laughs> person <laughs> and you make me very uncomfortable sir yeah yeah um, there's mo I would say mainly uh the response to the stuff I've been doing has been pretty positive, but it has not uh, escaped me that there have been like negative comments left on my casual photo file articles, basically, yeah, that are almost very incel-like, <laughs> bashing like, why do we need to represent women anyway? Like men are just better photographer, just, just crap stuff. So yeah, I would hope that I we wouldn't have to deal with the insult bros, but we know they're out there. Well, and like that's that that's a funny one too because i heard that on a clubhouse chat one night where it's like you know some dude just like men are just inherently better and i'm like inherently better at what taking boring photos of new women <laughs> like <laughs> when you see a lot of these like dudes like oh check out my photo it's like total fire and it's just like 
cool. That's like millions of other photos of like a naked woman that some dude with the camera did. Like one of the things that I've really appreciated seeing a lot of, yeah, Brandy says those dudes can suck it. <laughs> oh yeah, Brandy. <laughs> my, my best friend Kat says representation matters. Getting a pledge going is a great way for accountability. Totally agree. Oh, and Jamie, uh, Jamie says, I got this is sexist against men and a disservice to this young lady comment. What? Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that too. That that we're that by saying we need to focus on representing women that we are like discriminating against men. I've heard that one too. <laughs> Just take better pictures. Like that's <laughs> kind of it there. Like one of the things I've noticed when, when I'm looking at a lot of um, the work from female photographers is that um, I get a lot more feeling from them. Like <clears throat> they're more interesting. They're, there's more of a draw to, to some of those photos because there's something there. It's not just like objectification or, you know, just some boring technical photo. Like, you mm -hmm. know, um, yeah, a, a lot of the stuff I've been really digging has been mostly like female photography lately on the Instagrams. And, you know, a ton of them are on uh, the, the grams with us right now. Some of my favorite ones, like, you know, Brandy, uh, yourself. Um, uh, there's a uh, Amanda's on here. I can't uh, found on film. Her, her uh, photos are absolutely beautiful. And she's just started um, shooting recently. The girl who shoots film. She's I love yeah, she's fantastic, and there, there's a link between us. I sold her an SX70 sonar that she's now sold to another photographer. So, oh, that's cute. Um, you know, we're part of this like story of a camera that that's moving on. And Jana, Jana is amazing. I, I love Jana. You know, there's so many great female photographers out there, and I'm very proud to call a bunch of them like friends. I completely agree, and I, I just I have a cute little story about the girl who shoots film. Um, we affectionately call each other names sisters because our names are, are so similar <laughs> to the point where sometimes uh, I'll get accidentally tagged in a story that was like meant to tag her. <laughs> and when I actually, when I first discovered her page, oh my gosh, this was so long ago, I, probably at least a year and a half, two years ago, I think is when I discovered her page. I was just scrolling through Instagram. I think I was like going through hashtags and I saw the girl who shoots film and our names are so similar that when I saw it, I was like, wait, do I have two Instagrams? Like, I, like, I got confused. And I was like, is this, wait, is this? And I had to like reread the name a couple times and be like, no, this is not, this isn't me. Because <laughs> I kept looking, I'm like, this is not my photo. <laughs> that's hilarious. So that's my, my cute little photo with um, the girl who shoots film. But um, I completely agree with what you were saying. Um, and the thing that I've really been struck by with female photographers is that the subject matter is so broad. You know, I, there's so many times where, you know, if I go on these uh, feature accounts that are largely male, it's it almost feels like the same photo over and over again, or like yeah. very similar styles. <clears throat> and I know my, my own style of shooting can kind of be boring sometimes too. But since we started running the film sorority, I've just been blown away at just the range of photos that we get tagged in, like, just like super experimental stuff, super high end portraits. And um, sorry, I'm not laughing at that. But Brandy's just saying gas stations. Gas stations. 
but only on Cinestill. Naked <laughs> ladies. Yes. Yes. That's, yeah. that's very true. <laughs> that's, that's the what is it? Tri, tri, that's the trifecta of male photography right there. There you go. Gas stations, <laughs> naked ladies, cars. <laughs> and like, cars and tits. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Perfect. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you there. No, it's okay. But yeah, I've just, um, I've been kind of blown away at just the range and the variety of subject matters that these ridiculously talented women have been tagging the film sorority in. And it's just like, it, it, it makes it hard to even just choose a photo, you know, and I, I, I love, I love that we can keep the page looking so unique, you know, that I, I love that you can look at our feature page and it's not just like the same photo over and over again. Um, and I mean that in the best way possible when I say that it makes it hard to choose a photo. It's just like there's so many great options and there's so many different options that I can choose that I, I like get decision fatigue. I'm like, well, I could do this one, but no, I should feature that. Oh, but that's really cool. And that's really experimental. And um, I just I love that, that there's so many women out there that have just such a wide variety. That's awesome. And they're not watching all the same YouTube videos of dude perfect photography that they go out and like recreate because they want to be like insert YouTuber name here. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm going to single anyone out. <laughs> um, I'm just doing it mentally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, insert whatever. Uh, embracing hypocrisy says the pushback is real. The chingonas con cameras got some of that bro feedback when it first started. It's really boggling why this is, is it that they feel threatened and we, they would get DMs about guys asking if they would wear a wig, would it be okay to attend? No. No, it's, it's absolutely that they feel threatened. Yeah, I think that's what it is. They, they feel like they know they're in a position of power and the idea of women being equal to them or having their own safe space is so threatening that they have to lash out. Yeah. Yeah, like it's, these dudes are ridiculous. Um, the film fellow mentioned someone here, but I really feel like I'm going to butcher their name. And I am, <laughs> do, do you want to take a crack at that one? Oh, let's try here. Okay, so Jeannie, oh. <laughs> yeah, right? Mutosami? Mutosami, yeah, Mutosami, that sounds right. Okay, he said, Ash. Uh, he says, she yeah. is also an incredible photographer and almost no one knows of her. Definitely going to have to look her up. Definitely. Yeah. And Brandy says, I've been loving everything you ladies have found thus far. Thanks, Brandy. I've been loving everything that we've done so far, too. I love that we keep it fresh. I love that there's always, like I said, there's just like a brand new, interesting photo, um, completely different styles and subject matters for us to share. And then Devin Nopolis says the amount of intimate, nuanced portraits and subject matter coming from female photographers that uh, they don't see by and large from the male photography community is such a blessing. I agree. And also kind of um, in addition to that, I just want to say that um, I think it was French Girl Film posted in her stories today. A really astute observation is that when men take photos of like half naked women or all naked, you know, the, the typical male gaze photo of a woman, they get praised, bro, 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 it's fire. But if a woman takes 
um, a, the, a similar type of intimate portrait of another woman or even of herself, like so often they get criticism that they're just trying to get attention or they're, or that they're, um, you know, that the, it, they get negative feedback for doing that. And I, I just think that's such crap, you know, that there are so many beautiful portraits like that being taken by women and they should get the same level of recognition. And I also think that we should normalize photographing men like that because we see so many photos of women, you know, with that like sex pot glare into the camera and half naked. Like, why don't we take similarly intimate portraits of men? You know, why? I, I think we should normalize doing that. If, if that's a style, we should normalize doing that with a range of bodies and genders. Well, and just having like intimacy in, in photos uh, to, to begin with too, like um, that whole like dude with camera naked photos thing is like one of the main reasons I like avoided shooting with people for such a long time. And then a friend who's a model convinced me to try shooting with her one time. She's like, just see what it's like. And we actually had a whole ton of fun. But the thing with it was like, it wasn't me directing her at all. Like she had this idea of a creative in her mind and it was like, she just invited me to be part of it to capture it for her because she couldn't take the photos because she was like, you know, doing the work that she wanted to, to create. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was really nervous to share it. And, um, you know, there was like that all like explosion of comments on it. It's like, Oh my God, boobs, um, mostly from men, but, there was a bunch of female photographers that I'm friends with that were like, this is really cool because they can see that like, it's the subject that actually has the power here. And it's not the other way around. Like, Mm -hmm. like I, they, they're still in control and it's still their narrative. And I've only Mm -hmm. shot with a few people um, that I can have that kind of like dynamic with where it's just like, they're the ones that are in control. I don't want to be directing them. I just want to help them sort of in mind. And it's been fun to like be part of building something like that instead of like creating these like unintimate photos that are just like, well, I like boobs. So I'm going to take pictures of them. That's why I bought this Sony a seven because it's going to be the best way to buy boobs (laughs) or a like is definitely going to get me laid. So yeah, Alan, I'm sorry. that's definitely what they think yeah a little bit it's like well I spent like 20 grand on this camera and lens so obviously I'm going to bet a woman now with it like no dude you are going to probably get like outed by someone shooting like a simple lamography point and shoot because they had more fun with that person Mm -hmm. Um, but I love the intimacy from a lot of the female uh, photographers and Brandy says saw your genuineness and vulnerability through those images um thank you brandy that's very sweet um and then the girl who shoots film says oh man the naked ladies commentary are on point it is triggering in a way to see their posts uh, in a way especially for victims of sexual assault and i i agree with that Mm -hmm. that's that's not good at all and alan also says that uh, he sees that his guy tim ryugo from kodak also follows the film sorority oh awesome you have a very popular follower. We, yeah, we've actually had a couple of really big name people follow us. Matt Day follows us. That that mm-hmm. was, I, I was re- like speechless when I saw that. I was like, what? <laughs> Matt 
days following us. This is awesome. Yeah, so we're we're very lucky with um with the people who support us. I'm I'm gonna be completely honest because like I've met Matt Day in person. Um, you're way more awesome. <laughs> well, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> want to get in trouble <laughs> yeah there's no getting in trouble like you know it's uh, you didn't say anything i that was all me i appreciate it thank you matt if you want to fight me about it i'm in toronto kingston and warden come find <laughs> me <laughs> shots taken <laughs> just kidding i'm not a fighter at all so, <laughs> and don't cross the border because you'll have to spend like three days in a hotel at like you know a lot of money it's not worth it yeah <laughs> um i also then, noticed that ryan said hi here so i just want to say hi ryan thanks for joining yeah and then they'll say uh, no luck involved here just good work give credit where credit is due yeah great point that is a very good point thank you and it's it's amazing because like i i think a little push like this is going to really like open the door a lot because um and, and Kat and I talk about this all the time is there's just this conditioning of, of, of women and like you know the patriarchal societal construct we live in right now where it's just like almost like a pre-programming to take a back seat and not speak up and like just sort of let themselves get steamrolled by these male photographers because they're obviously more talented or better or whatever. That's mm -hmm. total bullshit because like, you know, most of these dudes are not talented whatsoever. Um, kind of predators, some of them. There's a lot of problematic. Oh, a lot of predators, totally. <laughs> I'm not trying to say there all are, but there are, I think there's more than we think there are. Absolutely. Yeah. And more and more of them are getting outed all the time. <clears throat> so it's, um, I, I think it's important for movements like this to happen, to actually give a voice and help people that don't feel like, you know, maybe they should do that. They have this idea in their mind where it's like, well, I am better. Like, you know, why, mm -hmm. why can't I push my stuff out there? You know, maybe this is that push to help them, you know, get out there and like, you'd be like, yeah, fuck it. I saw, you know, uh, the girl with uh, the who shoots film and she's amazing. And like, you know, I, I want to start sharing my stuff right now or, you know, Time like make some zines, get your work out there, sell prints, um, try and get dudes to do intimate shoots, and you know flip the script on those guys. And, mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> dude I'm... nipples are totally allowed on Instagram, so why not throw nudies of dudes on Instagram? <laughs> 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 you know, flip the algorithm around, get so many photos of like dude nipples on there that they start censoring dude photos. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, that'd be kind of hilarious. Um, where is it here? Uh, Ariella says Yushi Lee did a very interest did very interesting work to tackle this consistent pattern. She describes herself simply as a Chinese woman who takes pictures of naked Western men. Amazing work and an important perspective. That's cool. Yeah. I'll Alan apparently let himself be a subject. He said his friend Picant.photo shot some photos of him in a more intimate session, and it was empowering for him. She's excellent and highly suggest checking out her profile. Way to go, Alan. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, Ariela says, not only does it take the power away from the male gaze, but it also legitimizes the female sexual desire. 
so much to unpack here. Totally agree. Yeah, like, that's really great points. Yeah, because I mean, quite honestly, most of the women I know are far dirtier minded than any dudes that I know. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think, you know, um, to Ariel's <clears throat> point, I think it like comes back to these really ridiculous societal standards where it's okay for men to be sexual and it's okay for them to look at women in a sexual way, but women, um, you know, we're supposed to be like, the the clean prude virgin you know we're not supposed to be dirty or sexual in any way and you know those double standards are, are just absolutely ridiculous and um yeah uh shooting men in that way would absolutely help flip the switch and start breaking down those those uh, double standards yeah I, I think that'd be great maybe that could be a film sorority zine that you guys like you know sponsor yeah that might be and Ryan's asking about a film story photo book. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, kind of what we were talking about earlier, we've, we've talked on a broad level of projects we'd like to do at some point in the future for, you know, if we stay successful, uh, some sort of a printed work was definitely um, uh, one of those ideas, whether it's like a zine or maybe even a photo book we I don't know we just we haven't really fleshed that out at all but I, I would definitely not close the door on that I could say it's a definite possibility oh yeah I love what Brandy's saying here <laughs> it's a weird dichotomy of showing me your boobs but don't you dare ask me about my penis <laughs> that's it's very very accurate yep yeah, and then Alan says um, that we were all taught that a virgin gave birth to Christ. That, that like religious and all like religion and all that. That's another whole problematic area. And I kind of feel that like you know Jesus was probably the first pimp because <laughs> dude could turn water into wine, and he hung out with like hookers all the time. Like you know, he, he had he, a good life. <laughs> he knew how to live. <laughs> You know, all these religious zealots got it all wrong. Like, you know, it's, that's a shame. Yeah. Um, it would be cool to see more, like, em empowerment of that, though. Just, like, you know, taking taking that back and, like, you know, creating these powerful images that um, force humility on all of these, like, dudes out there and mm -hmm. um, start making them think differently. A piquant photo says, as a lady photog and a feminist... Uh, she feels as though shooting men in boudoir setting is doing my part, dismantling toxic masculinity in the patriarchy. That's beautiful. I, I absolutely that. agree. Mm -hmm. And Alan says, there she is. That's the mm -hmm. photographer that uh, took his boudoir. Oh, awesome. That's really cool. I <laughs> agree. And Celeste runs like, quote, unquote, Jesus, we're actually thirsty. Please stop doing <laughs> this. <laughs> That's kind of fucking hilarious. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make a Texas joke there and about how they don't have water. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to go that far. Well, I mean. I was just going to joke about like, what if Jesus came down to Texas <laughs> and did that? But I'm not... I think if Jesus came down to Texas, he'd be like, well, shit, you guys fucked up. <laughs> you know, that's a lot of people that I love and adore live in texas and i'm worried about them but yeah. i mean this is a prime example of how like you know bald eagle freedom really bites you <laughs> at some point 
Yeah. Well, and, and unfortunately, the sad part is, you know, that's the people who live there don't deserve that. You know, like the, yeah. you know, it's not the fault of the actual population who are being infected by the situation in Texas. You know, um, it's absolutely the gross leadership and politicians who cared more about lining their pockets than actually doing what was right for the population, unfortunately. So um, I really, I know I've have a lot of friends down there too. It's just an awful situation. And I'm, I just hope everybody's staying safe. Well, and the thing that's sad about it is a lot of the people aren't going to see it for what it is. They're going to blame this on like socialist bullshit or like some other like boogeyman when it's the voted officials that they've selected who've completely sold them out, mm -hmm. yet they still believe and hang on every single bloody word that they say while they're literally almost dying in some instances. Like, it's kind of crazy that like you know a little bit of snow transformed texas into a third world country level state mm -hmm. like, i have to say i really like I, is this alan a a barrington evans i yeah. i like his comment i read that a texan had to travel 1700 miles to find warmth and water his name is ted cruz <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that guy? i think that's absolutely hilarious yeah We've got someone in uh, camera shops. They say it's 5 a.m. in Iran. Hi, guys. Hey, what's up in Iran? God, I hate 5 a.m. Good good for you guys for being up that early. Yeah. Well, and Brandy says socialism is what they're asking for when they're in this situation. Well, and that's the thing that's kind of ridiculous is that, like, I don't know why the Republicans and conservatives have created this boogeyman of socialism. And maybe it's because, like, we can't go after communism anymore because like, you know, the red scare isn't that big of a thing right now, but like, Ooh, free healthcare for everyone. Scary. It's going to like rape your children and like, you know, impregnate your dog, like watch out for the socialists. It's, it's just fucking ridiculous. It is. I mean, like any other country that has socialist healthcare is like way better off than we are right now. Like, well, we're, <laughs> we're not super better here in Canada. <laughs> so it's like, yes, we do have socialist healthcare, but we also do have a lot of people in power who follow similar fundamentals to uh, the greatest politicians that you guys have. So um, our country is starting to fall apart at its own seams right now. So mm -hmm. we do have some things that are good, but um, slowly those are deteriorating as we have Trumpian like people get into office, which is, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I this, but think of all the pregnant dogs. <laughs> <laughs> um, <For> everybody. <laughs> yeah, and then Brandy, socialism is bad and we want to be independent, but help us when we demand it. Yeah, it's it's a little ridiculous. And all the gerrymandering, that, that's a great point, embracing hypocrisies. Um, Ryan says, there are some amazing photographers in the Middle East, by the way, unreal concentration of talent. Interesting. I didn't know that. And JP, if, if you don't follow jp.wtf, um, you definitely should. Amazing cat. And he's mean Ted Cruz, the insurrectionist. <laughs> Such a great comment. <laughs> I mean, that's like a whole other kind of thing where like, I'm not surprised, but I'm really disappointed that um, they let that 
monkey man get away with all of that bullshit like you know that that was just like a straight up like you know fuck you to the american dream there yeah which is hilarious because the republicans are like we're fighting for freedom we're fighting for no you want to destroy everything and for what so that you can live on like a pile of shit once you finally yeah. get it all like yeah it should have been bernie Well, at least we got Trump out of office. Bernie, yes, Bernie would have been been great. Biden was not my first choice, but I'm just so glad we got Trump out of office. I'm, I am. The, the problem very... is, though, by not actually impeaching him, he's out of office, but he's not out of power. And they've, if anything, probably emboldened his power because now he's like untouchable. Been impeached twice can't be touched he's gonna he's allowed to make another run for public office and there's a bunch of enough people in the states that'll probably vote him in yeah but you know the thing is you can't be president if you're in prison and as much as yeah he was impeached twice and and he was acquitted both times our our justice system like especially like on the state level is a lot more honest than our fucking senate and there are multiple states right now that are that have criminal investigations into him. Georgia has a criminal investigation into him. The Southern District of New York prosecutor has been working on some, they're keeping things very like under wraps, but they are looking into, it sounds like some pretty deep financial crimes with him. And the thing about state crimes is you can't be pardoned for them. A president can't pardon you. So if he does get convicted of one of these state crimes and he's going away, he ain't president again. So, um, and I'm not saying that that I think that's for certain going to happen, but I I trust those processes more than I trust our broken Senate to do the right thing with an impeachment. I agree, and I'm also sad that I know more about American politics than I do Canadian politics. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I really hope something happens because it's a damn shame. Like I know a lot of fine Americans, like some of my my best people are from the States. And I, I think about and worry about them all the time with just all of the craziness that's been going on there, um, you know, through COVID, through all the political stuff. And um, I just wish everyone could stop being dicks to each other because, you know, it's, there's no need for all the, the stuff that's been going on. Like, it's absolutely insane. I mean, it's just, it's that simple, Merlin. Just don't be a dick. Why, why can't people get that? Just like... Yeah, well, I mean, that's the problem, though, is that, like, there's all these, like, simple solutions to big problems, but it's like, oh, my God, how are we going to fix this? We, like, you know, how how do we, like, end homelessness? How do we end, like, all these things? And it's like, well, universal income, you know, instead of paying for, like, these or these, like, helpful organizations and stuff that are just more administration consuming money that could be going to help people it's just the idea of helping people by giving them something that maybe like gets it makes things a little bit easier uh for for their suffering and stuff but you know i think it was the netherlands netherlands or denmark eliminated homelessness by just giving everyone an apartment they were just like here they, they looked at how much it was costing for social programs and took that money and just like gave everyone an apartment. Mm-hmm. Two thirds of the people within a few months of being in the apartments 
were able to pay for their own, their own places because all they needed was some stability to yeah. find a job and find these things. So it's like now they're saving even more money because they're only paying for one third of the apartments now that they started out with. So it's like, oh, my God, how do you end homelessness? Give people homes. There you go. How do we stop being mean to each other? Stop being like, just don't be a dick. It's <laughs> like, easy. Look at me not being a dick. I'm like, <laughs> why can't you do it? I mean, sometimes you got to be a dick to, to push the, the message across if you're like butting up against rude people. But um, I wish it didn't have to be like that. Mm-hmm. And it, like the same thing too. Like there really shouldn't be a need um, for having to promote just women, women only kind of thing. Like, you know, we should just be supporting and promoting each other and not just focusing on one group because of a bias or because like yeah. we want to be liked by these people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like as amazing as it is, as it is that, that um, y'all have started this great initiative is also kind of sad that we have to have this in our society, especially as like modern and advanced as we've become like, Hey kitty. <laughs> it's oh also the requirement of getting a mortgage are a bit over the top in Canada. They'll deny you nine hundred fifty uh nine hundred and fifty dollar a month mortgage even though you're lying or you're paying thirteen hundred a rent for three mm-hmm. years. Yeah, like mortgage stuff just doesn't doesn't make sense. <clears throat> Financial stuff is ridiculous. The kitty was a, a major hit in the yeah <laughs> she was walking past and i figured she could have a little cameo that's amazing <laughs> but you know like kind of i know you said in there like we shouldn't have to make women only spaces like in the photography world and I in a perfect world yeah in a perfect yeah. world and i completely agree and i i i i'm so glad that we have the film sorority i love running it but like something that does bother me a little bit is the fact that we need to do that. Like I, I shouldn't have to make our own spaces for us. Like we should just be included naturally. I am, I'm glad to be doing it. I'm happy and I'm very passionate about it, but like it is somewhat infuriating that, um, that we have to even do that, you know? And, and it's also kind of not lost on me either that uh, not a lot of guys follow the film sorority. I mean, we have a lot more women followers than we have men. And, and that's also frustrating too, because it kind of feels like, you know, the guys don't take us as seriously or the, or because it's because we feature women, they don't want to follow us or, or, or give a crap about what we're doing. And maybe I'm completely wrong there, but like, I, I don't know. It's just something that also is a little bit frustrating that, you know, that we should be able to make female spaces, but that other people would want to observe and enjoy them, you know? Well, yeah. Like if, if a, a guy's not comfortable to follow um, like a, a page, like the film story that has tons of great content on it, they really should be asking themselves a question. It's like, what, what's wrong with me? Like, why don't I feel comfortable about this? Yeah. Um, because maybe they're not as good of a guy as they think they are or as much of an ally, like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, things like that. Like it, it, it kind of, it blends into like a bit of like the racism, racism discussion as well too. Like there's lots of people out there that are getting their gold star and their check mark because it's like, look at me, I'm being an ally. It's like, mm-hmm. but are you? like really 
Like it's um, and it's weird for me because like I just assume a lot of people will think like I do, and it shouldn't be a problem because like I appreciate work from all people. Um, but you know, if I see garbage work, I will also be like, "This is garbage. <laughs> like I don't enjoy this. It doesn't matter who made it. Like you know, male, female, non-binary, like." You know, if I love it, I'm going to be like, yes, this is awesome. And I'll be happy to like, you know, boost it by sharing it in my stories or something like that yeah. <clears throat> or promoting it on the Northern Film Collective if, if they're a Canadian photographer and it's something shot in Canada. Um, yeah, it's just it's, someone made a comment here like we should be past this discussion and, and we should. It's It's just sad that like, you know, sexism is still so prevalent and that racism is still so prevalent and not only just in in the film community like I, I work in technology and um i've got some friends that work for a very prominent technology company male and female both doing the same job and there's like between a 20 and forty thousand dollar pay difference between the men and the women doing the exact same job function like they do the same role and there's that much of a disparity in wage between men and women. And it's just like, that's just a glaring example. Like we're, we're still so far away from making things right. Yep. Actually, I, I've had that exact experience, not at my current job, which my current job, I really like my past job where I was working for, um, when I was still in the music world. I was working for uh, a music company and, um, my I had a male counterpart we literally had the exact same job title um there were just two of us with that job title we had the exact same job title we did the literally the exact same work we were almost the same age I think he was maybe a year older than me we had the exact same degrees basically the same amount of work experience and he got paid fifteen thousand dollars more than me that's just brutal yeah it's yeah. Just, and that's not even an IT. That was just like in, in a music job, you know. And it's, it's um, yeah, it's just it's it's so upsetting. <laughs> that, that, it, it's, it's in every vertical too. Like I have friends that are in academia and education, and like the unfairness and the sexism in those realms is just mind-boggling. Where it's just like it doesn't even make sense to me that like we would. It, it's it's like you know, we're literally treating women like second class citizens in, in so many of these places. And it's just like, what the actual fuck? Like, so it's, it's sad that we have to have these conversations, but it's, it's great that like you and Chris have been working on, on building this framework to help give people a voice because it's very important um, to help empower uh, people that, you know, there, there's so much like emotional abuse and stuff that happened to, to people that just like, sort of batter them down and close them off from being able to push and advocate for themselves. Mm -hmm. and, you know, having a, a platform where they can be amplified and meet like-minded people and connect with, with uh, like-minded people um, is, is such a valuable thing to have. So that's, you know, thank you for making a beautiful thing in the world. Well, thank you. Yeah, I love it. I'm, I'm happy that we're doing it. Yeah, um, I'm kind of like running a little bit out of steam. It's been a long day. Um, I can't. I don't think I, I've missed anything I wanted to cover off with you. Um, was there any other comments or things you wanted to share with people? Um, 
or any questions from uh, from the crowd we've got here? Um, let me scroll through our chat and see if there's. Alan says you got a new guy right here. Thanks, Alan. Alan's really? a good guy. Well, I just want to say, you know, I know people are, have been kind of coming and going, but I just want to say I really appreciate everybody that's shown up tonight. Um, this has been a blast. I, I love getting to talk about this kind of stuff. Um, I, I just love getting to talk about film photography in general. I don't have too many, like, friends in my, like, day-to-day -day life that I actually see <laughs> that do film or do photography at all. So it's always, I really cherish these moments when I get to connect with somebody and get to geek out a little bit about about the hobby that we love. Yeah, it's always fun to geek out about it. Brandy asks, how'd you get to be so cool? <laughs> coffee or tea? Coffee or tea? Oh, tea. Definitely tea. I, um, I've had bad experiences with coffee. <laughs> so um, tea and how did I, I don't think I'm cool. I think I'm like the geekiest, uh, weirdest person. So I, I appreciate that you think I'm cool, Brandy. I really like that. Black and white or color or slide. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I definitely shoot a lot more color than anything. Um, and I think that's mainly just because a lot of the scenes that I'm drawn to, I'm drawn to them because they're color. You know, I, I like the color of the building or I love the bright blue sky and whatever silly so wetted against it. Um, so, but I do want to get into more black and white. I have not done any slide film. I'm a little scared to do slide film. I'm going to be honest. Uh, slide film is a little tough because it's not very forgiving. Yeah. And it's hella expensive. I mean, I've looked into Ektachrome and it's like, oh man, it's like somewhere in the realm of 10 to $15 a roll. And that's just. I and then yeah, you got to pay more for the E6 processing. Yeah. Like you, you're probably going to want to get them mounted as well too. And yeah, slide is, um, it's, I don't know. I'm not a super huge fan of it. Brandy asks, uh, or Polaroid. Have you messed with Polaroid yet? So I have. I actually, that's part of my collection of 40. I think I have at least three or four Polaroid cameras that, again, some of them were ones I tripped across at the thrift store. A couple were given to me, like, by family members who didn't use them anymore. And I have to be honest, I don't really like Polaroid originals. I've, I've bought a number of packs of film and I've shot them and they're just really washed out. There's not a lot of color to them. They're not super sharp. And I, I know some people like them for those reasons, for those qualities. I, I, I don't, unfortunately, <laughs> but I really like Instax. I have an Instax mini and I have an Instax square and I, I really like the photos I get on those. Um, the newer, <clears throat> excuse me, losing my voice. Uh, the newer formulas are a lot better of, of the Polaroid film. So um, maybe try one of the new packs. They are a lot uh, more improved. But I've found that I've liked the color in the black and white more from the SX-70 film. If you have an SX-70 camera, um, you can get some really nice shots with the SX-70 film. Um, maybe it's just because it's lower ISO. Um, versus the 600, but I've just always ended up being a lot happier with what I've gotten off of SX-70. Mm -hmm. um, and then Ariella asks, out of curiosity, do you develop at home? I guess you missed that part. And how many cameras do you really own? She needs to know. Uh, so for both <clears throat> questions, we did discuss a little earlier, I don't develop at home. I've, I've, I tried about a year ago and I just, I hated the developing process. So I, I'm very content 
going to my local lab and helping them stay in business. So I, I do develop only and I scan on my own because I really do actually love scanning. Um, but how many cameras I really have, I really have somewhere over 40, like legitimately over 40. The last time I counted was in like November and I was like at 41 or 42 and I've gotten a couple of cameras. Well, I got the Ricoh Diacord since then and I got the Instax Square. So at, yeah, 45 maybe, somewhere in that realm. How many is too many? Um, too many is when I can't even remember <laughs> which cameras I have. That's why I like hardly ever count them because what will, what will happen is I'll start like making a list and I'll be like, this is it. This is all the cameras. And then I'll walk into another room. I'm like, crap, there's like 10 on that shelf over there. I forgot I had. So <laughs> I would say um, that is what too many is. I don't have a Leica. Um, I see that Alan asked that. I I don't know if I'll ever buy a Leica. I, I don't know if I'm so totally sold on the Leica hype. I, um, to me, it seems maybe a little bit more of a status symbol. I, the way I feel about it is I'm very happy with all my cameras. I get the images that I want out of my cameras. So I don't really feel the need to spend like $5,000 on a Leica. So I'm like a little 50-50 on that one. So it, it is totally a status thing, but playing with an M4 and an M6, I I can understand like a little bit of the hype. It's, there's just a different kind of like feeling with, with those cameras, which is kind of cool. Like I've, I've appreciated playing with them, um, but I don't think I could ever justify the, the cost of some of them like you know I met Alan um, at the Leica store in Boston when he was hosting a workshop with Jason Lee and part of the workshop was we did a photo walk where a Leica test drive was also part of it and they gave us Leica cameras to use and um, <clears throat> I took out the Leica M9 digital because I had a film camera so I was like I'm not going to mess around with a, a Leica film camera when I already have my own film and when the guy handed me the camera, he's just like, yeah, this camera and lens is about like 18 grand altogether. So just be careful. And I was like, nope, you can just have it back. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, just take it. It's fine. And um, I love the lens. Like the lens was, was beautiful too. Um, but it's just the price. Like, yeah. yeah, I just couldn't, like, I'm not that, I'm not that rich. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Alan says he's he feels it. He's mixed about it too, and he's about just shooting what you love, and he happens to love his Leica M2. Hey, and that's totally cool if that's what you love. I think the biggest thing that I believe in in the film world is like you do you, you make yeah. you do what makes you happy. I know we we harp on some of the the stereotypes, taking photos of gas stations. I mean, that's ultimately all in good fun. If you really love taking photos of gas stations, if you really love shooting your Leica, fucking do it. Like, do what makes you happy. Um, and, you know, if somebody ever were to, like, lend me a Leica or, like, say, hey, do you want to borrow my Leica and try shooting it? Like, yeah, I'm sure I probably wouldn't say no. I'd take them up on the opportunity. Um, I'm not, like, that against Leica. I guess I just don't feel the need at this point to, like spend all that money when I feel perfectly content with the cameras I have. And I feel like I'm able to get the images I want with the cameras I have. That's totally fair. And the film sorority say, Hey guys, <laughs> crispy photo says life is too short. Agreed. You just gotta have fun. 
Yeah, and I mean, it also lends to the point where it's like spending thousands on gear doesn't necessarily mean you're going to take a better picture. Yeah. Because um, like, you know, if you're just not good at taking pictures, it doesn't matter if you buy like a point and shoot from a thrift store. If you buy a, you know, 20 grand worth of Leica, it's probably still going to be a crappy picture. Mm-hmm. And that's absolutely correct. For gas stations, you do absolutely need to know. <laughs> you know only the finest gas stations. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and to your point, uh, Merlin, I don't know if Ryan is still on, but I know Ryan, we had been talking, we've talked several times. Ryan has a number of cameras, just like I do. Um, some expensive, some not. And he's got, I think it's a Canon, just a point and shoot camera that he got at the thrift store. And he's been taking like some of his favorite photos on that thrift store camera. And like, he has some crazy expensive cameras too. And I, it, it goes to exactly what you're talking about that you having super expensive gear, it doesn't automatically gonna mean you're gonna just take like amazing photos. You know, you can make uh, gorgeous photos on a $6 point and shoot or on a Holga or a box camera. It's, it's really up to the shooter. Yeah, absolutely. Like I've said it on several other calls before. Um, this like Lomo reusable point and shoot camera is is one of my favorite cameras and it, it's super cheap. It's a plastic lens. Um, it's really limited what you could do with it. But some of my favorite photos I've taken have been with uh, with this camera. Um, and I like Kat's comment here. Do what makes you happy, but maybe take some self-reflection time. If what you like is carbs, boobs, and gas stations, bro, you're boring. <laughs> If the halation is a necessity, definitely. Especially when you're taking photos of gas stations. Well, and here's someone that's very self-reflective. Young Ansel says, I take tons of garbage photos on expensive cameras. <laughs> <laughs> you know, self-awareness. It's a beautiful Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I appreciate you spending some time with me. Um, it was super great to chat with you. And I'm really looking forward to seeing... Um, what y'all create with the film sorority um, and you know the offer is genuine if, if y'all want some help with like you have know, this this kind of stuff you know, feel free to reach out you got my infos definitely uh, you know I, I appreciate hanging out with me tonight yeah this was a lot of fun thank you so much Merlin I just I, I I can never get enough of talking about film photography with people so and you're you're so easy to talk to so thank you Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I get that from a lot of people. And, um, you know, it's been a lot of fun. Oh, uh, Alan says that he's going to DM you. James has been looking for a Leica to write about, and he's been to the store a few times. Might be able to do something with one of our film cameras. Oh. There you go. Awesome. Maybe you will get to play with a Leica. <laughs> yeah. Alan is a very, like, resourceful and helpful dude so he's, he's a great guy to have and thank you jp i appreciate that comment there um next week i've got um take joining me also known as big head taco um some people have uh, come across him on the internet there uh, i met him at the darkroom lab film padea in 2019 um he's going to be joining me for next week's episode so that should be a lot of fun and you know this was so much fun to have you on here danielle thank you so much again Thank you so much, Merlin. This was an absolute blast. Yeah, stay safe out there. Wash your hands, mask over the nose, all that kind of stuff. You know. Take good care, guys. Yeah, and good luck with shooting this weekend. I'm excited oh. to see you.
Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited. I haven't been shooting in probably like a month because it's just been too cold. So fingers crossed that it that pulls through for me. Sounds good. I'll check in with you later. Okay, sounds great. Have a great night. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye, everyone.